Hey, road trippers, it's time for another episode of Agave Road Trip, brought to you by La Luna Mescal de Michoacan. Strap yourselves in, grab a copita, and have some La Luna. Welcome to HRN Happy Hour. It's five o'clock somewhere, and somewhere is Brooklyn in the case of no one this week. Actually, nobody. <laughs> wait, are you in Brooklyn? No, no, no. no. Who, wait, who? No, not me. I'm, I went to DC. No one is in Brooklyn. Um, I am currently in Asheville. I have, you just heard Matt. Um, we have Matt and Katie here from the HRN team. Guys, so Matt, you're in DC, Katie in Connecticut. How's it yeah, going, guys? Back in Connecticut. I'm a little out of breath because I just chased my dog away from a bunch of coyote pups. So that was a little excitement and wild wildlife here in the burbs. Oof, that's scary. Um, it's all good. All's well. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're back on HRN Happy Hour this week. We have started – the team has been started to take turns week to week because um, – like normal we're not in the studio so it's we're trying to kind of divide and conquer here so but we do have some really great guests this week and katie is going to introduce our lovely virtual guests i am so excited you guys uh we have some new additions to the hrn family uh, if you're a fan of HRN Happy Hour or really any of our programs, you've probably heard of the first two guests I'm going to introduce. First of all, welcome back to the show, Lou Bank, Mezcal Educator and HRN Family Regular. Hello, Lou. Oh, th uh, hey, how you doing? And uh, can I just say, when you say I'm an, an addition, did you say an addition to the show? What'd you say? Because I feel like HRN a subtraction. Family. The family. I sometimes I feel like a subtraction. That's all. In mathematical terms. No, but no, I'm very no. glad it's to be. It's definitely it's a net gain on all sides. We're really, really happy. And uh welcome also to Salvador Chava Periban. Welcome. Hello there. It's a pleasure uh, from Mexico City. All right. <laughs> so Salvador and Lou, I'm going to call you Chava because I will again uh, in a second introduce our second Salvador. But Chava and Lou have already been guests on HRN Happy Hour before, and they are here today to drop a special preview of, drumroll please, their brand new HRN podcast, Agave Road Trip. We are so thrilled that you guys are on the network. You can hear the episodes on the Agave Road Trip feed or on the Speakeasy. And we are so happy that season one of Agave Road Trip was really generously supported by La Luna Mezcal. And we have Salvador Chavez here, who is the founder and CEO of La Luna, to join us on Happy Hour as well. Welcome. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here with you guys. We're so glad to have you. Can, um, I, can I just say you're probably not as glad as I am? <laughs> I didn't think we were going to find a sponsor. I made so many poop jokes in that first season. I, I like, and we didn't play. To be fair, we didn't play any of this for Salvador, so he didn't know. This is probably the first time he's finding out. But he's already. We cashed the check, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we can release the beast. All right. I never. Um, I never felt. I never felt uh, anything more than proud to be writing that check. And uh, so once again, excited to be here for this first happy hour. 
It's uh, such a good show. We are so thrilled. And Lou and Chava did a really great job, I thought, talking about La Luna in a really um, thoughtful way. But also they have their their classic humor is mixed in. So I hope you like it. And um, Lou, I think, uh, can you and Chava give just like a very quick intro to the series? And then I want to talk to Salvador more about La Luna, because I know he has to jump off and we're going to hear the full first episode of the show after this. So just tell us, like, how did Agave Road Trip come to be? What in uh, like <laughs> what creation you to do this project and get in the car together and drive around Oaxaca? Well, to be fair, you know, some secret origins are secret for a reason. So we're not going to reveal everything about it. But in essence, in essence, Chava and I ran into each other in Oaxaca in the oddest of circumstances. And it's explained in the first episode, so I don't want to go too into detail. But, you know, it was it was one of these random meetings that happens in the world of agave. And we connected and bonded and just honestly... I mean, I'm I'm speaking for myself here, obviously, <laughs> not Java. But I wanted to spend more time with Java, locked well, in a car. And it's weird because we met so long ago, and it took many years to actually figure out how to do a project together. Like I, we, I, I think it would have happened sooner if you hadn't left me for Asia. That's correct. But you know, I had to go travel, find my soul, find some other people. You know. <laughs> Sure, you did a spirits. Uh, you did a spirits road trip absent agave through Asia for a couple yeah. of years. Yeah. Yep. But I think agave road trip, in a way, it's basically bringing that thing that it's very foreign to a lot of people and making it more homey, right? Like giving it a space in your house and your heart to enjoy. Well, I, you know, you said a lot of people, and you know how I feel about that. There's only one person I want to speak to. Gringo Bartenders. Gringo Bartenders. <laughs> it's a podcast to help gringo bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. That's it. Yeah. Lou, we don't care about any other that, type of people. Well, why is that the, the target audience for you? Well, you know, it's, it's the target audience for me because I think too many people get this idea that we want to reach the broadest audience possible. And as a result, they don't really have a focus to their material. I want to be focused. I want to be laser focused. Now, I understand there are going to be other people who listen to us, and I don't want to hurt their feelings, but I don't care about them. I care about the gringo bartenders. Well, and then there's also this part where that gives us the chance to be more specialized, to really talk about the things that are more interesting in the agave spirits world. If it was like a free-for-all podcast, we wouldn't be able to open some kind of worms they're really interested in. Yeah, that's fair. And the other reason is when I walk into a bar, I want to get a free, a free drink now and again. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I mean, it's as good a reason as any, Lou. Uh, well, I, I'd like to turn to Salvador while we have a little bit of time and uh, take advantage of having your um, expertise here on the show. And um, could you just give a quick overview? I know La Luna has quite a range of agave products and uh, Lou kind of talks about this in the show, but he was hesitant to work with a brand of a spirits brand in particular. Um, but what is it about La Luna that makes it um, a good fit for the show and that um, made it palatable for Lou for you to um, have this brand association? So, um, 
you know, La, La Luna has uh, really evolved over some time. You know, for me, I, I, I landed in, in my home state, my family's home state of Michoacan uh, as a passion play. You know, I really wanted to to work in the state and represent Mezcal from that region. From uh, And then ultimately now, you know, we're a brand that features most of, if not, and if we haven't yet, we're going to, most of all or all the biodiversity of agave from the state i feel like we're very educationally focused so from that perspective um i think that might bode well for your audience uh, for the people you're trying to educate lou obviously is a big fan of education and is known for it so i think a lot of synergy in that sense um uh, we respect the tradition of mezcal in terms of how it's produced in the state so every product that we have that people get to try um is done the way it's been done for decades and decades and decades in Michoacan. So kind of all these things combined and really the respect that I have for mezcal uh, as in my in my opinion, the most important spirit of Mexico, um, historic and for many other reasons, um, we really ho hold it with the respect it deserves. And I think a lot of people are starting to, to notice that. And I Salvador, guess. how much how much outreach do you do to the, the sort of gringo bartender population that, that Lou says is their primary audience for a Javier road trip? <laughs> I would say, you know, I actually like the perspective. Um, maybe not so much for the free drinks that Lou wants, but um, <laughs> I, I, I love it because I've always held in contention that bartenders are like the first line of defense of education for the consumer that doesn't know enough about mezcal and agave as a whole. So I love the I love that idea because I feel like they would be the ones who, when someone sits down and doesn't understand what mezcal is and the beauty and depth of it, the bartender is the one that has always been the front line of telling them what it is through through their lens, through what what, what education they've gotten. So if if through uh, Agave Road Trip they can get more education and dive deeper and have more talking points to give people, I think that mezcal will grow. Uh, and, and people will start learning all the nuances of it, which are, you know, the, I always say the imperfections of mezcal are what make it perfect in terms of how, how it's produced, all of the things that go into it, such a difficult thing to, to produce and bring to market. Um, it, it deserves a lot of education. That's really the only way this thing, uh, really works. Damn it. That was a way smarter answer. Can you ask me the question again? I'm going to steal. Actually, I can't even steal the answer because it's out of my head already. Way smarter answer, Salvador. Two points. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And Salvador, I feel like, you know, for many people, when they think of agave, they're going to immediately kind of go to Oaxaca. That, you know, yeah. if, they, if they've only ever had it a couple of times or don't know so much. Can you tell us a bit more about like the region of Michoacan and like what's special about that part of Mexico? Yeah, you know, um, a, a coastal state uh, known for for being able to grow almost anything that that they plant in the soils there. Um, it, it's 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 a special state that's really underrepresented still today, even with us working so mm -hmm. hard. And, and quite frankly, we're just one brand, so there's so many other mezcaleros out there that 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 still have a story to tell. Um, a lot of deep and rich history in Michoacan and. Um, just a lot of people don't maybe know about it as much. There's there's some there's some actually overlap with Raicilla because of, of of being a border state to Jalisco and that whole region, um, which that that actually plays a lot into my story because Cotija is one of those towns that borders Jalisco, and so some of the production methods of Raicilla with a clay pot overlap into Michoacan, which a lot of people don't know. Um, so there's just a lot of special uh, differences and similarities in mezcal production in Michoacan that. I feel like, you know, people are starting to find out about and, and, and through our efforts, which 
maybe are a little bit more, uh, a little bit more. Like I, I, I obviously work at this every day with our team. Um, a lot of people are starting to understand that Mitrokan has, has, has a story to tell and people are starting to listen. That's awesome. Well, Salvador, I know that you, you will have to run in a few minutes. So in case we miss you again, like I want to say thank you so much for supporting Gavi Road Trip and for coming on the show today and for telling us a little bit more about La Luna. I am can't wait to get my hands on a bottle because Lou and Chava have been talking it up so much. Um, yeah, I'm excited for that as well. You know, it's it's like I said, I, I think that the, the sponsorship and, and us being involved really uh, – just aligned really well with us being educationally focused. Um, Lou does a great job of doing that. And so I, I've listened to to the, the snippets of Chava and him, and I feel like people are going to have a blast listening to the show. They're going to learn a lot. Um, just, hopefully just, they get a chance. Let's go ahead. Just to be clear, though, like twice now you said that I am educationally focused and I want everyone to know I was kicked out of college after 18 months. <laughs> so, I'm, you know, there is a limit to my educational focus. Well, then I think I got it whipped you into shape to be able to educate really well. You became a you, you became a quasi uh, professor in this whole world. So it's been you know it, it, that's really what it's about. Like I like like I said earlier, um, mezcal deserves uh, so much uh, attention and depth and focus and uh, um, education. So uh, things things like uh, agave road trip will do that for for the consumer and for the the gringo bartender that Lou wants to talk to. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much, Salvador. We're so grateful for your support. And uh, we really are excited to have this relationship. And um, I'm very excited to be uh, thinking more about what I'm drinking this summer um, with <laughs> what I'm going to learn from the show and thinking about La Luna. Thank you so much. La Luna de Michoacán. Uh, we're proud and, and happy to be a part of this. So uh, I really appreciate it. Cheers. Cheers. So, on that, so Lou, Lou and Trava, give us a little bit more of a taste of what people can expect when they're listening to the first season of the show. Um, like, I just, I love, what? for example, like every episode you're hearing from a mescalero, you're you're getting some like, and not and not everything necessarily is about the agave. It's about like travel tips and things like that. So, give us a bit more uh, of a teaser of what we can expect to hear when we listen. No. Well, I think. Well, no, loop, no, no. Okay. I look. Okay. Look at the time. Look how much time we have left, Chava. How much time do we have left in this? She said we had twenty minutes, and we're more than fifteen minutes into this. Now the problem is, if we start talking about what people are going to hear in less than five minutes, if we start talking about it, we will not be able to convince people to sign up as road trippers, and that's the only reason that you and I are on this right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but I also think that there's something really important that people should know and i think that that's the biggest difference of what we're doing is that we're traveling to the source we're going into these mistake roads and we're just like they're, getting a white bmw and breaking the hell out of okay i'm not gonna say anymore they're gonna hear this in four minutes we have four minutes to convince people to sign up to be road trippers when they spend sixty dollars at heritage radio network to become an individual member and they choose agave road trip as their what would you call it the host show what would you call it guys uh, designation yes as the what the designation. The designation. When they choose Agave Road Trip as their designation, they officially become road trippers. And what do they get, Chava? They're going to get a little flask. Well, a little flask that looks little, but it tastes like a big one from Tequilana. 
that you bought very generously. It's staying at my place and they're going to go pick it up at a parking lot that administrating in Mexico City. And they're going to get a Batman and Robin meme talking about <laughs> all the misconceptions that tequila has out there for people that are not making their homework. So it's a Batman meme flask. It's 200 milliliters of this amazing heritage blue agave spirit made in Jalisco. Yep. But again, I have to go. The- Am I allowed to get this? Of course. But I have the thing to sign is, up right now. <laughs> like, I, I've already been accused of being a bootlegger by the Illinois Liquor Control Commission, so we can't actually bring it into the country and give it to you. People who sign up as a membership, they have to go down to Mexico City where they'll get to meet Chava and they'll, he'll personally hand them uh, these flasks. I just want to say that HRN is not paying for travel in that, but... <laughs> At $50, they also get a bandana, a HRM bandana for themselves and their friend. So, you know, I, I wouldn't recommend maybe traveling right now during COVID-19. No, but if you do, no, you're after the you a bandana to protect yourself, hopefully. There you go. It's a bandana and booze package. But only when <laughs> and we you make designate. no claims for your personal safety or uh, compliance with local laws <laughs> on any of these components <laughs> of your membership. Don't worry package. about that. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, now we've got like a minute and a half to talk. But now do you want to tell them, Chava? You want to talk all about what we do now, Chava, for a minute and a half? Well, no, 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 no. I think, I think you do have a point. I mean, the episode is right here next corner. So You know what just, isn't here, though, and it's a little frustrating to me, is the theme song. Like, to me, the theme oh, song no, says no. everything about what we are. And oh, what we're we playing do. the theme song. We, we're we're going to go to commercial, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to play the theme song. And well, 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 hang up. Unless it doesn't include the full, like it sounds like there's more. I want the full. I want the uncut theme song. Exactly. I want you guys to sing it right here, right now. Uh, okay. I don't. I don't know that I can harmonize with you. Uh, do you want me to just take this job, or do you want to try and sing? With take me? it. I'm just gonna hum a melody on the background. Okay. Two dudes named Lou and Chava mm-hmm. in a car not built for back roads. Travel back roads that were never meant for cars. Their singular objective is to learn about agave and bring that knowledge back to gringo bars. Okay, now but um Agave Road Trip. There's there a, there's you go. A, there's an actual recorded version uh, on on the web. Is it on the website or is it on the Facebook page? I think it's in the Facebook because we have an older member in cast, so our Facebook is very active. Uh, we also have <laughs> Instagram. Yeah, ways to find nice. us. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I want to put my round of applause, but I'm holding my microphone with one hand because we are all in our home studios. So this is the sound of one hand clapping so enthusiastically for that rendition of your Agave Road Trip theme song. I want I want the full theme song. Do, give, shoot me the file because it's going at the front of this episode or something. Yes. Oh, yeah. done. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Well, awesome. if people aren't dying to hear this show at this point, I don't know what whatever will get them to this enthusiasm. So, okay, we're gonna cut. We're gonna go to a quick break, and then when we come back, we are going to play for you the first episode of Agave Road Trip with Lou and Chava. <laughs> and Lou, Chava, thank you so much for joining us today. This is such an exciting way to go into a long holiday weekend and get everyone ready to digest this full first season of one of the most exciting shows we've ever had on HRN. So thank you. 
Well, Gracias. Cat, Nos yeah, vemos. Cat, Katie, Matt, thank you for putting your trust in Chava and believing that he can actually keep me reined in. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. I try my that. best. <laughs> uh, well, we love you guys. You're awesome. We love the show. Thank you so much. Stay tuned. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Cat. And we'll see y'all next week. Hasta pronto. Bye-bye. Hasta pronto. Bye. Salud. <laughs> Agave Road Trip is brought to you by La Luna Mezcal de Michoacán. Hey Lou, I was wondering if you ever drink mezcal cocktails. And if you do, do you happen to know any secret obscure formula to make them truly delicious? <laughs> Why, as a matter of fact, Java, I have. I have tried the Cupriata Mezcal from our friends at La Luna Mezcal. Uh, so you know it's one of it's one of my favorite, if not my favorite, of the cocktail mezcals, what people call cocktail mezcal. And it's sort of a term that I think people use uh, uh, sometimes derisively. But I gotta say, I will drink neat mezcal cupriata from La Luna, and I also enjoy it in a cocktail. And I don't tend to drink cocktails that much. Uh, it's funny, I, I had uh, my friend uh, Michael Rubel at Estereo make some uh, cocktails for me, and I asked him to try different mezcals in them, and my favorite blind taste text was the one that had the La Luna Cupriata. I'm Lou Bank. I'm Chava Perivan. And this is Agave Road Trip. In fact, this is the very first, it's, even, it's not even the first, it's like the zero episode of Agave Road Trip, in which we are going to explain to you what Agave Road Trip is and why we're doing it. And who we are, too. Oh, I guess who we are? Yeah, because, you know, like, as much as you love me and I love you back, Lou, people don't really know why do we care about Agave Spirits. Yeah, why do we care? It's funny. And why, why do we happen to know anything about agave spirits if we happen <laughs> to know something about them? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. You know, so so I'm not even sure that I care about agave spirits. I care about the people who make agave spirits. It's why I got obs- no, I got obsessed because I actually thought it was delicious. But that brought me to the communities where they make the agave spirits, um, and then I started learning more and more about the families who make them in a traditional way, and that's. That's what fascinates me. And you don't own any bar, any restaurant? Are you a brand ambassador? No. Are you? What, what is your relation? What was your relation to mezcal before you got, or agave spirits before you got in there? You know, honestly, like for me, I just I I I had a job for just over a year working for a brewery in Oregon. And before that, I had literally not had more than five glasses of beer my whole life. I just wasn't a drinker. Uh, and I thought it was because, you know, all beers tasted alike. They all tasted like, you know, Coors or Miller Lite. And then uh, the world of of craft brewing um, descended upon me like an angel of death. <laughs> and I fell in love with it um, and then found out I was gluten intolerant and had to find something else to drink. And that was mezcal. And that, yeah. that was absolutely mezcal. I, I, thought, I thought at the time whiskey had gluten. Right, because it's it's right, right. I didn't understand that that was left behind in the distillation process. Let's just say you're not a scientist. Uh, right? I am not a scientist. I think we can very safely say that. Um, so uh, for me, it was I was trying to find something gluten free that was as delicious and diverse as as these great craft beers, and uh, that was mezcal. So I, I headed down to to Oaxaca a few years after tasting my first mezcals, 
And uh, and on the second or third trip, uh, I, I started seeing all these beautiful glass bottles at Los Amantes. Uh, and I asked them where they made it, and they pointed me to this glass factory, Jacquiche. So my wife, Connie, and I headed over to Jacquiche one day, and hey, there was a guy named Chava. Underslept, haven't had a shower probably like in two, three days because I was working like crazy. Uh, my I had a rather crazy hair at the time. It was it was Christmas Day, I believe, and so you like you just looked the part of uh, celebrating the the birth of Christ. You looked like Christ. I did, I did, and I I remember that day perfectly. I was losing losing it because I was writing this grant. So at the time, I was specializing in combustion systems, Ooh. which is the fancy way of saying I was designing fire. I used to say that it was like every teenager's dream job. Just being a paramaya, you know, a pyro and being paid <laughs> <laughs> for that. And uh, at the time, I was making that to melt glass for glass blowing, also to fire ceramics. And uh, when when I met you, I think we just had started researching the dynamics that will allow us to make equipment for for distil for distillation. Oh, fascinating! And that must be why you had some agave spirits on hand for me to try. From Olegario, what's his last name? Olegario Juarez. You poured me an Araqueño that blew my mind. And I, you know, like, I really love Araqueño expressions. It's hard to find what I consider to be classic great ones now, at least to my palate. Um, but that was the best I had had and to that date, and I haven't had a better one since. And I was so confused. I was like, who is this gringo that knows that this is special? Because I will usually pour that to people just because we had a lot of it. They had bought... They have, my boss at the time, Christian Thornton, had bought maybe, I'll say a thousand liters, had put it in a water container unit, a Rotoplas, put that in the back <laughs> of his pickup, drove all the way from Sola de Vega to Oaxaca, and we had there thousand liters of Arroqueño to oh, our disposal. God, I would love to have thousands of that thousand liters. But you, so you, you know, up to that point, I had been visiting uh, my friends, uh, uh, Eduardo Anales and uh, my friend, Eduardo Anales in Santa Catarina Minas, uh, which is relatively easy to get to from Oaxaca Centro. And then uh, my friends from Mezcaloteca had uh, seduced me down to their ranch in Miahuatlan and introduced me to so many of their family members who make incredible agave spirits. But I had never ventured out on my own. And you said, oh, you like it. You should just go visit Oligario in, in Santa Maria Sola de Vega. Knock his door, smile, say, can I taste some of your beautiful stuff? Yeah, absolutely. And you made it sound so easy. <laughs> and, you know, I, I found myself one day uh, a couple months later in Oaxaca with a rental car with nothing to do, no obligations, no people I was responsible to, a GPS unit. Uh, and and there you go. And I I left uh, Oaxaca Centro at like 6 a.m. and just headed south to Sola de Vega, two and a half hours. Roughly. And it's a crazy highway full of curves. Oh, like yeah. my, a, a cow might jump in there. Yeah, it's, an, it's <laughs> not an easy road. It's not an easy road. So I, I pull into the town, and the first uh, the first people I see are three gentlemen on I swear to God on burros. And I, I pull up and I motor down my electric rental car window and I say in, in my finest uh, Espanol, por favor, donde es maestro mescalero oligario? Which means, where is maestro? <laughs> <laughs> where is he? Where's, where's oligario? And they laugh and laugh and laugh. And when they stop laughing, I say to them, por favor, 
Donde es maestro mescalero oligario? And this went on a few times before finally somebody said something to me, at which point I realized, oh, I am speaking to them in Spanish, but I, I, don't, I don't speak Spanish. So they're answering me. I don't know what they're saying. And luckily, he pointed with his hand, and I followed down the road, and I kept doing this for like 30, 45 minutes. And to all fairness, that's the only way you get directions in Oaxaca. Because if they are going to give you more than a sentence, it might be completely wrong. Oh, there, so, were, so there were full paragraphs. No, I know. So yeah. that might, that's, I also use that policy even if I speak Spanish. Okay, like, fair. I'll just, fair. I'll just see the hand and I'll be like, okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll take this piece of direction. I'll ask for the other piece of direction when that direction is not good enough. So it's universal. <laughs> yeah, it is. It uh, is. So, um, so I did this and, and kept going back and forth until at one point somebody made two hand signals, which suggested to me that I had missed the left hand turn that I'd driven by. So I followed that down and eventually came across another person on this little turn eventually i mean it couldn't have been more than like two city blocks came upon this guy and i said that to him uh por favor donde es maestro mescalero oligario and he said you're looking for oligario yeah he's right over here perfect english and it turned out it was oligario's son and oligario's son had just moved back to his uh, hometown to live with his father brought his three children with him uh, girls they were like four eight and ten years old um and they had grown up their entire lives in California, outside of Los Angeles. And suddenly they found themselves in this tiny little community. They were like, how did we get here? And not even inside the community itself, like at the outskirts of the community. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because yeah, Oligario yeah. lives like really deep in Rural. there. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, where, where did you come from, gringo? They were so excited that somebody showed up who spoke English. And, and they wanted to know, why in the world would I come from Chicago to visit Santa Maria Sola de Vega? And to me, and this is actually, I think, the reason that we're doing this podcast, or certainly the reason I'm doing this podcast, um, is, is for that moment. I got to say to these girls that I am here visiting your grandfather because what he is doing is unlike anything that is being done almost anywhere else in the world that their grandfather was making magic and that magic that magic is why everybody should go visit rural mexico to see something that shouldn't exist anymore it's definitely i wouldn't say that it's even fighting for survival but i think one of the my favorite things about the artisanal craft environment or situation is that it's so flexible like you'll be able to refuse to die no matter the circumstances no matter how many people go in there this is completely efficient this is not worth the effort they will survive yeah no yeah, matter what it's a good point you know i think people when they hear that some of these men and women in rural mexico are making their spirits in this this handmade antiquated um way they get the sense that it's because they can't afford to do it some other way they don't understand how to do it some other way but time and time again i keep seeing that instead whereas the world that i live in is focused on efficiency how do you do something in a more efficient way in rural mexico in these communities they're focused on how do i get the better result and they just don't believe that the better result is going to come from the the industrialization beauty has nothing to do with efficiency 
And I think they understand that better than anybody else that I know. Yeah. So that's, you know, to, to the, the point being made here, I guess, is that's why we're doing Agave Road Trip. I want the world to get ex- to understand what these spirits can be. I want the world to go and visit rural Mexico. I want to send money to rural Mexico so that they are able to continue doing what they're doing the way they're doing it. You know, the, I, I've got I've got no problem with multinational corporations getting into Mezcal. I get it. Like the, the, it's something delicious, something great, something that the world has never seen. Of course, they're gonna jump in there. Are you kidding me? Right. There's no <laughs> stopping it. Um, and and I understand that after they pay millions of dollars to buy up these brands, that they have to they have to protect those investments by buying up the agave farm so they can continue to access the source material to make these spirits. Uh, but in doing so, they also take away some of the sources that these small families had to get their agaves and keep doing what they're doing. So to me, this is about helping those communities access the dollars they need to be competitive for the agaves and need to keep doing what they're doing the way they're doing it. And visit them before some of them, uh, like God forbids, but we know that some of them might disappear. And I think this is one of the, it's a great chance to visit them at their best when they're thriving. Amen. So let's sign off of this intro and, uh, and then get started on the next episode. Agave harvesting. See you in a minute, Chava. Yes. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lou Bank and Chava Perivan. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.net. Distributed by Heritage Radio Network, the best network in the world for podcasts about food, drink, and agriculture. Two dudes named Lou and Java In a car not built for back roads Travel back roads never meant for cars Their singular objective Is to learn about agave Bring the knowledge back to Gringo Bars HR and Happy Hour is powered by Simplecast Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network Food radio supported by you For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.